Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with 19 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I also have an MBA in finance and have been helping individuals and corporations with planning for over 20 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly radio show. We are right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. You can also go to our website, moneymd.net. We have a uh, link in the top right-hand corner. You can stream us from uh, your house. Uh, if you're hanging out this, this morning, obviously 1230 a.m. is where you can find it on the dial. Right, lamenting the uh, disappointing Super Bowl. I'm sure. No, that was that was tough. It was, you know, just a blowout. You just kind of didn't expect uh, from the first play of the game. It was like <laughs> it, was, it went downhill. It wasn't exciting after that. It was, it was, it was uh, pretty sad. To commercials see, uh, and the uh, halftime show were the highlights. Once Peyton Manning got behind, it seemed like all the wheels just came off. Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> So anyway, but uh, yeah, t- and download the TuneIn Radio app. That's my favorite way of listening on your smartphone, uh, any kind of device you have there. Um, you can listen to us while you're jogging, just working around the house. Um, you know, it's just the doing convenient. your taxes. Yeah, that's it. There you go. It is tax time, <laughs> is unfortunately. Tax. Not a fun way to do it, but hey, maybe we'll soften the blow for you. So yeah, download that, and you can also record us on that. Um, if you get the upgrade version to the pro version of TuneIn Radio app. And uh, But check us out on our website, too, moneymd.net, where you can link to us there and um, send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. And you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. Well, John, I think we have an awesome show lined up for today. Um, you know, some interesting stuff happening here in the economy. The deficit the CBOs projected is going to fall to $500 billion. So the deficit's being reduced? The deficit is being reduced. No, no. By accident, I the, think the 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 in, the rate of increase is being reduced. Correct. Deficit's actually increasing. Well, the, overall. the deficit is being reduced, but the, <laughs> the debt, debt level, is increasing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, it's an interesting article here. There's some interesting reasons behind it that we're going to talk about coming out of Bloomberg here. Um, it's all according to the CBO. So it's it's pretty interesting stuff. That's yeah. what we're going to start off with. Yeah, we also have a uh, another pretty good um, 2014 outlook, um, kind of looking at what to expect, right? We're going to get our crystal balls out, and actually we're using uh, some material from, from BlackRock. It talks about unemployment and stocks and bonds and inflation and things like that. Yeah, so it's going to be... And we talked about this a little bit, but we this kind of gives us a little bit. Now that we're a month into it, we can kind of get a clearer picture of what the next year or even two years mm-hmm. is going to look like. It's pretty interesting information. Yes. It really is. And then we're going to finish up with um, uh, uh, Governor Romney. Romney. Yes. Mitt Romney. Yeah, we just heard him talk yeah, at that the was TD awesome. Ameritrade National Conference. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, we saw some insights from him, and I think it kind of sets the tone for the Republicans in 2016 because – he really does have some good points about, you know, what it takes to win, and he's got a lot of 
insight given his his lack yes. of winning in the last election. Uh, he was a, a very interesting speaker. I guess he was up there 45 minutes hour, into hour. an hour. I think it was an hour. We yeah. were down in sunny, warm Orlando. <laughs> well, it wasn't sunny exactly. and warm. It was cold and rainy, but um, what, a, what a fantastic event. And really it was fun was. to hear him talk about his perspective. What a smart guy he is. Yeah, he really is. He's a great I mean, business you know, guy. upfront and personal. And uh, matter of fact, we even saw him in the uh, workout room. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. was standing right beside him as he was working out. Yeah, we're treadmill. working out together, right? Just yeah, well, I didn't work out. Strategies. I, was, I was just talking to a friend there, <laughs> but uh, he was right beside him running on the treadmill. He's evidently pretty good shape. Yeah. So he was going pretty good. All right. Well, that leads us up here, though, to our uh, financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the Social Security Department. And, um, you know, we, we're talking more and more about this as we sit down with folks and uh, look at their situation. Um, you know, having some Social Security uh, strategies and analysis uh, implemented can can make a huge difference in the amount of money that you get from Social Security. So here's the here's the fact: if you can wait on taking it, it can make a big difference. And an individual that has earned income up to the maximum Social Security wage base each year, uh, any if that person waits to take his or her Social Security retirement benefit until the age of seventy, they'll they'll receive seventy seven percent more income per month than that if they had taken it at age sixty two. So. That's huge. It is. It's hard for people to wait that long. It uh, is. Quite frankly, we don't see a lot of people that do that. But if you have some other buckets of money or you've got debt paid off and you don't need that income, it can, for your spouse, if, if, you know, your spouse has a lower income, it can be a great strategy to provide some protection for them going forward. And it gives you some great protection against inflation, right? Yes. I mean, because down the road, you're going to get this huge increase in your income and also the surviving spouse gets the higher of the two social securities That's so right. if the higher wage earner delays until age 70 then the surviving spouse of the two is going to get that for the rest of their life mm-hmm. which you know that can stretch way out into the 90s so it's something you really have to pay attention to it's a great financial fact of the week i like that one all right, and that leads us up here to our first topic, and that is um article out of Bloomberg. The CBO, Congressional Budget Office, now is projecting that the budget deficit's going to fall to $514 billion this fiscal year, 2014. Um, you know, it is pretty amazing, John, because, I mean, we were looking at trillion-dollar deficits just two years ago. A little bit of growth in the economy. Of course, we had a big tax increase for higher wage earners, and between those two, um, we've cut the deficit in half. That's that's pretty pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it says the deficit will mar- narrow to $514 billion this year, or 3% of the GDP, and that's down from $680 billion last fiscal year. They said today in Washington here just a couple day, a few days ago, um, you know, the projected f- shortfall, is down from 9.8% of GDP in 2009, which was the widest on records back in uh, going back to 1974. And it's close to the, we're now down close to the average this year um, that we've been over the past four decades, according to the CBO. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's sad that when we have to celebrate a, we still have a deficit. Now it's lower than it has been, but I mean, the debt levels are just, you know, they're huge. They and are. so this is going in the right direction, but it's nothing to throw a party for, in, in no, my opinion, I mean, not yet. Yeah, we we got we to gotta get it <clears throat> balanced, really, because yeah. the debt level is now so high. Yeah, and the interest payments on those, I saw something the other day that they're going to be, the interest payments are going to quadruple within the next 10 years. It's going to be unsustainable. So this is going to be addressed in the next decade. 
It has yeah. to be. And, you know, but, you know, right now, I guess we'll, we'll have a little bit of a, a celebration. The lower unemployment and payments from uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are helping to, the U.S. to narrow the deficit, um, which, as we mentioned, had a record back in 2009 of $1.4 trillion. So definitely a, an improvement from that. Uh, economic growth is forecast to accelerate, accelerate this year um, and, and next in 2015 as the Federal Reserve holds interest rates low, um, probably until the end of the uh, second half of um, 2015. That's according to the CBO. And, you know, so economic activity will expand at a solid pace in, in 2014 and for the next few years, says the report. And beyond 2017, the CBO expects the economic growth will diminish to a pace um, that is well below, you know, the average that we've seen over the next couple of decades. So, I mean, the economy is kind of, you know, chugging along, kind of not doing anything fantastic, but uh, it's helping a little bit to reduce the deficit. Yeah, and unfortunately, though, I mean, as the CBS points out, in just a few years, a couple years, we'll see that start to slow down again. Mm-hmm. The, the the economy, um, as we're out of the recession, things stabilize, and then that's going to mean the deficit is going to start creeping back up. Right. So, you know, they're projecting down the road, as we'll cover in a second here, it's going to be back up over a trillion dollars. So. You know, it's a problem. Um, and then we have the, the federal debt limit, which expired just this past week, right? And um, so, you know, matter of fact, it was yesterday that the debt limit expired. So now Congress has to, to raise that before we run out of our, you know, contingency money mm-hmm. um, from moving the money around between all the – so we always have that issue that's out there too. And it's, it's because of this huge deficit that we're running, that we're, we're bumping up against the uh, the debt limit. You know, if we could get it balanced – we wouldn't have that issue, right? Because we wouldn't be increasing the debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 2014, it says the deficit will shrink to 3% of GDP from 4.1% last year, according to CBO. The economy will expand at 3.1% in the fourth quarter of 2014, same period as it did last year. Um, and that's so that's a and they're also projecting a 3.4% growth rate. Um, in 2015. So they're projecting pretty decent growth rates here for the next couple of years. Yeah, and I think this is a positive move. Markets probably like, um, you know, seeing deficits being reduced. But, um, you know, unemployment, we see uh, they're projecting 6.7% in the fourth quarter of 2014 and, and 6.3% in the fourth quarter of 2015. There's been a lot of discussion about unemployment rates lately, Steve. You know, with uh, it's at a five-year low, um, but there's a lot of people that have left the labor force. I mean, I think that's a problem. And that was some of the things that at the TD uh, Ameritrade, Ameritrade conference they talked about. You know, it's probably a double-digit, um, you know, maybe maybe nine percent if is the true unemployment rate if you look at everybody. So, um, you know, unemployment rates it has dropped, but it, there's still a lot of work to be done on that. And the Fed, you know, will end its its program at some point of buying the long-term Treasuries. Um, probably in the second half of this year is what the agency predicted. And the federal funds rate, which has been close to zero since 2008, uh, will probably stay there until the second half of 2015 before rising uh, at a pretty good clip. So uh, interest rates uh, staying low is what they're projecting. Yeah, and that's that's a positive for um, you know sure. the economy, obviously. Um, having said that, uh, you know, interest rates do have to rise at some point at or some else point. we're going to see inflation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, easy money can't last forever. So we'll see. I mean, the Fed's pulling back their stimulus right now, right, with the um, bond buying. QE3. Right. QE3 cutting it back. Tapering, as they say, $10 billion a month. So um, 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll talk about this some more when we come back from the break. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about um, CBO's new report. Mm-hmm. The deficit will fall to a half a trillion dollars this year, John. Only a half trillion. That's that's amazing. Let's let's, let's have a party. Yeah, right. It's been over a trillion, so it is positive. It's moving in the right direction, but still a deficit, you know? Yeah, it's a pretty huge deficit. But having said that, I mean, there is a point where it's a sustainable level, you know? And I think about $300, $200, $300 billion gets to be pretty sustainable because the economy grows enough that it doesn't doesn't grow against Mm -hmm. the GDP, you know, it's a steady percentage of the GDP. Of, the GDP. of course, so, this, this doesn't um, even talk about the $17 trillion in debt that we have, correct. which, which will keeps be a piling pro- on top of it. Which will be a big problem whenever interest rates start to rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, what this does talk about, though, I think at some point here, or maybe it's in another one, is that it's going to start growing again. Mm-hmm. You know, the deficit is because entitlement programs are going to start eating into it. Um and, you know, we just and one reason why it dropped, of course, is because taxes were raised for Obamacare, but the spending hasn't hit yet. Mm-hmm. The spending for Obamacare is really going to hit when we have to start, you know, funding all the new people that really get signed up for Medicaid, um, which is, you know, every month we have more and more people signing up for that, for the the freebies there and all the supplements. And then also uh, if we have to bail out the insurance companies because <laughs> it's not viable for them. Yeah. So the big spending, I think that's going to be the when the other shoe drops is when the big spending hits on Obamacare, mm-hmm. which is probably going to be about a year or two down the road when it really hits in full force. And they just came out with a report of um, people uh, not seeking work so they can get Obamacare. I don't know that's if you right. saw that or yeah, not. Yeah, I did. Uh, t- they were projecting two and a half million. million people over yeah. 10 years will lead the labor force. Yeah, because they get free health care. And I heard the the Democrats trying to spend that and say, oh, that's a good thing because they're doing it, you know, uh, they're doing it (laughs) uh, voluntarily because they have new opportunities. They can leave the labor force and retire or go be home with their kids. I'm like, give me a break. You know, less employment is a bad thing. No matter how you couch it, it's bad for the economy. It's It's bad bad for the individual. It's bad for all of us. It is. It is. It means higher poverty because people are just going to be static, you know, happy Mm -hmm. just, just with the bare minimum. Yep. And that's not a good thing for the economy. So anyway, um, but yeah, back to our article here out of Bloomberg. Uh, you know, they're projecting that they're saying that faster growth this year, faster growth last year, last year has lowered the deficits. We're looking at about 3% GDP growth, um, 3.5% uh, GDP growth in the uh, fourth quarter um, of this year, I think, and running into 2015. So, you know, the, the, the CBO's got some pretty rosy pictures here, I think. Um, unfortunately, they do say it's going to get worse over time. So over the next few years, there's considerable slack um, that persists in the labor market, and inflation will stay below the Federal Reserve's goal. So monetary policy will continue to be 
you know, very supportive and very uh, stimulative for economic growth, according to CBO. But the long-term budget outlook remains less favorable. They said annual deficits will exceed a trillion dollars again starting in 2022 and will reach uh, about $1.1 trillion or 4% of GDP in 2024. And that will push the publicly held debt to $21.3 million. Trillion. Trillion dollars. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, big difference there. <laughs> 79% of GDP by 2024. And unfortunately, John, that's their rosy projection projections. Mm. You know, they're not talking about the alternative projections that the CBO makes, which are based on less optimistic numbers, which says in the past and over the next decade, we'll be back over a trillion dollars. You know, it's interesting Then at the, the conference, um, there was a session on Social Security and uh, they were talking about um, just, you know, some of the mechanics and, and some of the details. But there were some questions about what are they going to do with social, uh, social Security to make it whole? And two things that kind of stood out, we've talked about this, they're going to change um, for elementary and um, high schoolers because most of them can't vote. They're going to change their benefits and make yeah. them wait longer. Um, and they're sure. also going to probably means test it is the other thing they were talking about. So yeah, that um, would be painful. It will. It will. So there are going to be changes coming down the pike. And, and quite frankly, there have to be $21 trillion in, in debt. There's going to have to be some changes. We're going to feel that, uh, I think, each individual. So It's going to happen. But, you know, the, the CBO also attributed the long-term debt increase that you just mentioned to an aging population and, and like we talked about, rising health care costs. Um, so those things are coming down the pike, unfortunately. And, um, you know, there was a fight over raising the debt limit which contributed to a 16-day partial government shutdown back in October. Uh, House Republicans tried unsuccessfully to attach a policy provision uh, curbing health care, uh, the health care law and promoting the uh, Keystone Pipeline, and uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen this time. Markets were not happy when they went through that, and it seems like every time they've uh, Republicans have kind of put a roadblock up, markets have reacted negatively. So, um, don't see that in the forecast at this point. At some point, there's going to have to be a, a stand and a battle on this. We've got to, we've got to get these things under control, but, uh, doesn't appear that's going to be happening this time. No, definitely not. I mean, they're, um, you know, we're poised for growth in 2014, but, um, we have this, you know, debt ceiling debate that's, you know, going to heat up later this month here or starting to heat up right now. And, um, Unfortunately, uh, we have these deficits that are going to start to rise as Obamacare continues to to the spending from that starts to yeah. hit the budget and the aging population, so, obviously aging population, all the entitlement programs. So there's some big problems out there, but this is good news in the short term, you know, mm-hmm. and it gives us more time mm-hmm. to fix the problem. Yeah, I agree. So I think it's a positive article, and the takeaway should be, hey, this is a good thing, and you know, a, a, a robust economy can make a huge difference difference in deficits very quickly. Sure. So and inflation actually even though it's not good it can help you know have a higher tax base and um, you know global growth can help as well. So there there's some positive things that can help with this long term. Exactly. Okay, that leads up here to our question of the week. Well, I don't know if you've noticed lately or not, but the markets have been kind of They've been a little shaky. A little shaky, a little acting kind of uh uh, behaving wildly, you know, some pretty big decreases. and That does happen from time to time, doesn't it? It does. We like it when it always goes up, right? I wish it were a straight line and volatility was zero, zero. standard yeah. deviation, but that's what they call risk, you know, and that's why you get a higher return in the stock market. If, it, if we didn't have the volatility, then stocks would return 2% maybe. Sure. You know, risk-free rate of return. That's right. That's right. So the question is, is, the markets have been kind of uh, negative lately. Should I be concerned? And I mean, we have that question from from clients and hear that a lot. And 
you know, quite frankly, when you look back at history and we talk about this, um, markets uh, corrections, which is down 10%, happen about once a year. And the markets being down 5% happens about three times per year. So uh, it's really not that unusual. No, we've been an entire year now yeah. without even a five per, a good 5% drop. Yeah, we've, 2013. We've finally, we've finally got one here. And uh, who knows if it'll get worse. But, you know, it's, it's a normal part of market cycles. Yeah, and I think most people expect it. I, I know a lot of the media has come out, kind of like what we're doing here, saying – it's normal. We haven't had a, a correction uh, in, a, in a long time. So this is a normal process. In order to get the 20 or 30% year, sometimes you've got to have uh, you know, a little bit of pain and a little bit of challenge. But you know, if you're putting money in your 401k or contributing, um, this may be a great time to, to buy something that's low. Long it's an term. opportunity. I mean, you know, market's down. we got some low prices, particularly internationals. Um, I mm-hmm. think there's some real opportunities there. So. All right, good question of the week. And that leads us up to our next topic here, which we'll just breach before the break here. And that is um, uh, really it's a prediction. It's kind of a, a look ahead at 2014 and 2015. You know, what's what's happening in the economy going forward? What are some of the factors we can expect um, from the economy? Yeah, this comes from BlackRock. Uh, they put this out, 2014 Outlook. Uh, what to know and what to do. So it's it's a pretty good summary here. We've talked about some of these already, but this kind of kind of summarizes it. And the number one here is the economy. It's growing, but it's growing very slowly, right? So that's kind of the the first thing here. And you know we expect the U.S. economic growth to to improve in 2014. And you know the Federal Reserve's easy money policies as a tailwind and and stronger household balance sheets, um, and a healing housing market and lower energy prices should should bolster uh, corporate and consumer confidence and really support a slight pickup in growth. And obviously there's some risks that remain. Um, you know, the level of dysfunction coming out of Washington, D.C. is always a risk. And, um, you know, also uh, ongoing weakness potentially in the labor market, um, subdued wage growth. Uh, so, you know, not sure how strong the economy is going to be, but it's probably going to grow uh, is kind of the takeaway. And all, all told, you know, BlackRock is is believing that the uh, economy will edge past the 2% growth rate um, and, uh, you know, could accelerate a little bit next year and into 2015. But it's not going to be a, a rapid growth uh, phase, and we haven't seen that in the last five years. So Right, and I think the key takeaway from this is it's going to be modest growth, but it's at least going to be growth. They don't predict a slowdown. They think it's going to be sustainable. And what that means for the stock market is we should see some continued improvement in earnings, which typically leads to higher stock prices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but they don't expect the kind of robust stock market that sure. we had last year. And right? it doesn't mean there can't be some volatility along the way either. Well, right? for sure. As we've for seen. sure. That definitely happens. Okay, that leads us to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call during regular business hours at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages on Gina News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD with Money Doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break um, about the outlook for 2014 and really leading into 2015. Um, you know, on the economy and interest rates and the markets and just kind of a lot of insights from BlackRock. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think they're they're pretty renowned 
company, um, a mutual fund company out there, and, and you know, I think they have some pretty good insights. Kind of a good summary yeah. of what the economy. We're all, we're talking all economics today. <laughs> that's about, right. That we? seems like it. <laughs> we're gonna try to put some application in here, though. That's for right. Your investments and for your uh, your planning. Yeah, and the first one was was the economy, and and um, you know, we've been in the two percent growth rate mode. They're predicting two and a half percent this year, going up to three uh, percent or three and a half percent next year. So, I mean, it's positive um, for stocks. Typically, I mean, you know, that's assuming that corporations are earning more money and. And fundamentally, the markets go up when co- companies earn more money. Now, obviously, there's a lot of other factors that are out there that influence the market. But, you know, having some – we don't see a recession on the horizon at this point. Right, so, right. So, you know, mod- modest growth, I think, is a, is a good thing. So the second one on the list here is interest rates. Um, a little bit higher, but, um, you know, not through the roof. I mean, they've been low for a long, long time a now. very long time. <clears throat> and I think, you know, the savers out there, I mean, all of us have some money in savings somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully you do have an emergency fund. This is important because it's time to earn some money on your money. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's getting boring, you know, sitting around with all your money sitting in a savings account earning nothing. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, moderately stronger growth should lead to slightly higher interest rates is what they're saying. But they really don't expect a sharp or a rapid acceleration. You know, as the Federal Reserve begins to slow its, its bond buying program, um, the 10 year treasury yield, which is kind of a benchmark, will, they're predicting will modestly climb to, uh, by around, uh, half a percent by the end of 2014. So, but, you know, as we've talked about, even a small increase in interest rates can erode the value of your bonds and, and take a hit to your net worth as really as, as well as increase the cost of borrowing for everything from homes to, to cars and so forth. So to avoid these sorts of negative economic consequences, um, you know, the Fed will likely promise to keep the short-term rates low for some time. I think, you know, at the conference we heard uh, the TD uh, economists say to the end of 2015 is what they were projecting. So um, s- slow, yeah. steady. Yeah, and they're saying for bonds, you just need to be careful. You know, I mean, what this means for your for your retirement plan and for your investments is what the part that you have in fixed income, you don't want to take a lot of risk there. Mm-hmm. You want it to be short-term bonds, short-term stuff that you get this liquid that you can get out of um, when interest rates do rise. Because if you're long-term in bonds, it can get hurt. Yeah, and we we look at um, portfolios, people that come in, and we, sometimes we see long-term bonds in there, uh, intermediate bonds. We look at something called duration. Um, if you don't know what your uh, exposure to bonds is, we'll be happy to look at it for you. Yeah. But um, it's it's a place that you want to kind of watch out for. Municipal bonds, not a good time for those. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what they're pointing out here because those are always, almost always long-term mm-hmm. bonds. All right, the next one they had here was talking about inflation. They say the risk in inflation is to the down, inflation is to the downside. Inflation remains close to historic lows, um, not just in the United States, but also in other large developed markets. Uh, they don't see that changing uh, anytime this year or going forward in the near future. If anything, they said the risk uh, in some of the developed regions is actually deflation. You know, so the question that we often hear, though, is why is inflation so low? You know, there's been so much new money pumped mm-hmm. into the economy over the past, you know, six, seven years. And that is true. But really, they're saying here there's essentially three reasons why inflation is still low, regardless of how much liquidity and money has been pumped in the economy. One is that wages are not growing. And, you know, if if the average folks out there are not getting more money, more more pay, more money to spend, 
then inflation is going to be very low because they're not spending a lot and it's not increasing the demand out there. Factories also have a lot of excess capacity, um, so they don't charge higher prices for the goods. They can't charge higher prices for the goods because um, they they can produce a lot more and the demand is just not strong enough to, to charge higher prices. That keeps prices down. Then also lending activity remains depressed. Again, it comes down to demand. People mm-hmm. are not building a lot of new projects. There's not a lot of demand for for the money out there. Yeah. So even though there's a ton of money in the in the financial system, if you will, there's not a lot of demand for it. And until demand picks up and the velocity of money, you know, people mm-hmm. start spending more right. and turning the money over faster in the economy. That's called velocity. Until that starts happening, there, there's not going to be inflationary pressures. And so. Um, you know, and they're saying there are even some reasons that are, are kind of flirting with downright deflation, like in Europe and Japan. Um, but they don't think overall that's going to be a, a real big problem. So, you know, the question is how do you how do you invest in these uh, yeah. these kind of times? Yeah, I mean, I think the takeaway individually is be cautious of some of the asset classes. There's something called TIPS, which are Treasury Inflation Protection Securities, uh, commodities, and gold. Um, you know, this probably isn't the, the most favorable environment for that. So that may not be something that you want to have invested in. Of course, no one knows. We, we are believers in diversification. So, um, but that's kind of what BlackRock is saying. So number four here on the list is employment and, um, jobs are growing, but as we just mentioned, wages typically uh, really are not growing at all, which is keeping inflation down. Um, <clears throat> they're saying that, uh, should see more people getting jobs in 2014 and, uh, unemployment rate should continue to go down. So that's, that's good news. Um, but it's tempered by a strong possibility that the U.S. wage growth is likely to remain subdued. Uh, while we see improving economic growth um, may pr- provide some pressure uh, upwards on, on wages, um, factors such as demographics, technology, and a global labor competition are really long-term trends that are working to keep income levels low, thus, as we mentioned, inflation. So, you know, why does it matter? Why does it matter if um, wages are not, um, you know, going up or, or jobs are, you know, kind of flat? Uh, because it's income growth um, and income household spending uh, affects the economy and it's likely to remain soft. So consumer spending is a big driving force of the economy and it's not as big today because, as we talked about, the income is not growing. So, um you know, it's not, not a real rosy outlook on the on the job side. Yeah, you know, and if I had to point to one factor that was a, a, a very serious indictment against the current administration and their policies, it would be the drop in incomes for the average worker. Oh, yeah, that's... You know, the average worker has lost 8% of their, their income over the past six years, and it's not coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hasn't improved at all. And, you know, if they, that to me is a biggest indictment against Obama's policies. Um, they've been hurting the average person significantly whenever, you know, his stated goal is to help that average person. Yeah. Right. And uh, it just shows that capitalism really is the way to help everybody. Um, yeah, the wealthy get the, get wealthier. You know, that happens in any kind of economy. But, you know, the average person gets wealthier when the economy is robust Mm -hmm. and when jobs are available and demand is high and wages are increasing. And uh, unfortunately, you know, growth has been sluggish and consumer spending sluggish and that hurts the average person. So uh, 
And so they're saying the stock market as a result of this is going to be, it's going to grow, but it's not going to be robust. They think it's just going to be kind of a, kind of a modest growth in stocks, you know, moving forward, um, which is good. You know, it's a good market to be invested in because it should be kind of, kind of tame, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not going to, they don't foresee another 2013 coming up, you know, right. with, with those kind of. Kind of numbers. Yep. Number five here on the list is um, more policy uncertainty means more volatility. So they're they're kind of predicting that the the Washington political drama will continue, um, which you know probably is going to be more volatility uh, associated with with the markets. And you know we saw we've seen a lot of that over the last couple of years, Steve. You know going back to 2011 when the debt was downgraded, and it seems like every couple of months there's a there's a due date deadline, and and uh, markets don't like uncertainty. Um, They've had yeah. uncertainty with uh, the Health Care Act and, and um, you know, inflation and interest rates and things like that. But, um, you know, we'll see how this 2014 plays out. But they, BlackRock's predicting more, more volatility and more uncertainty. And, of course, there's also geopolitical risk as well. Um, if you look at Asia and the Middle East, uh, this also creates for some volatility as well. Yeah, and there's always volatility, I think, in the stock market. I mean, actually, last year and a half has been less volatile than it has been historically, mm-hmm. you know, where we didn't have a 5% drop for the past year. I mean, we've had one now, but, you know, we have a we have a correction every year on average. So um, the market, you know, but we did have a ton of volatility from 2008 through 2012. Oh, yeah. I think we had enough the last of all. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, but we're going to be an increasing probably back to normal levels of volatility um, is kind of what they're saying here. So you just need to be stay diversified really is kind of the moral of the story here. Um, you want to be diversified outside the U S is what they point to, uh, give yourself a lot of, uh, cushion diversification, some bonds in your portfolio. You know, you got to have the appropriate level of risk and be prudently diversified. Yep. is really the point they're making here. Okay, well, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. Or you can give us a call at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about the outlook for uh, 2014, 2015 moving forward. And, uh, John, you know, we've talked about the economy is going to be, you know. Slow growth. It's going to be slow growth. It's going to be kind of steady. They're not predicting any contraction, but they're not predicting, you know, any kind of large growth either. They think the stock market's going to be, BlackRock saying the stock market's going to be kind of, in the same category with some modest growth this year, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's not going to be a 2013. And they think that's going to move forward for a while. And they say employment's going to be the same thing. It's going to be gradually improving. So it's kind of more of the same with the economy, I think, over the that we saw over the past year. Stock market's going to temper and, and, you know, that's kind of what they're saying going forward. But they're saying stick with stocks, you know. The next one on the list here is they said stocks had an extraordinary year last year, but um, – you know, they don't really see that continuing. They they think the gains are going to be uh, not as exciting as we saw last year. Um, they're no longer a bargain, but they believe stocks are still not expensive. So they they still think you should overweight stocks and be more in stocks than you are in bonds. And uh, 
you know, be diversified. That's kind of the moral of the story on, on that one. Yeah, and number seven here on the list kind of is in that same theme is is look outside the United States. They believe that the United States is um, fair, fully valued, <clears throat> which means uh, the price uh, of the stock market is, is fair. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but they also are looking at international thinking they're undervalued. So they're encouraged, encouraging folks to look at, at international opportunities, emerging markets. Obviously we believe diversified portfolios would include both of those. Um, so, you know, look outside of the United States. Um, these things tend to go in cycles and, and trends and the U S has outperformed international over the last couple of years. And at some point it's probably going to reverse. We just don't know when, right? Exactly. And number yes. eight here on the list is, um, bond buyers beware, you know, bonds have always been a safe place for folks money, but we talked about it earlier as interest rates rise, the value of a bond, um, will fall. So there, there's risk in bonds and you've got to understand that that doesn't mean you should go hundred percent in equities. Um, but keeping, you know, bonds short term, high quality is, is kind of how we operate and what we believe. But you need to take a look at your, your bond portfolio because, I mean, 2013 long term bonds lost a significant amount, eight to, to 10 to 12% in some cases, if you had the wrong kind of bonds. And it can get worse, you know. I mean, if it's rate spike, bonds can take a huge hit. Um, long term bonds can. So you just got to remain short in bonds. You just got to be conservative with bonds. Don't take your risk there. Take your risk in the stock market is, Mm-hmm. Any good academic would say, you know, <laughs> that's, right. that's where you get paid for taking risk is in stocks and not in bonds. So good point. All right. And that leads us up here to our uh, uh, final topic. But I think we're going to do the prescription of the week. first. Yeah. And this prescription, this is very simple, um, Steve, and it may not apply to some folks out there. But, you know, what I like about it, it's the mentality. It's it's thinking uh, about how to save money. Right? Exactly, and it's um, and so this is about swapping babysitting with neighbors. So you and I don't have you know small kids, small kids anymore. But it's a great thought. And you know, if you do have small kids, think about swapping out so you don't have to pay you know twenty or thirty bucks for a babysitter. Yeah, um, I it, like to equate that to tools. You know, yeah, you swap tools with your neighbor. There you he, go. You borrow his power washer, and he can borrow your lawnmower, whatever, lawnmower, whatever, your tractor. But it's <laughs> the it's the uh, it's the spirit in this that I like. It's like you know thinking of ways to save money that that makes sense and that you're comfortable with so you know good good save tip. money good money saving tip of the week i like that one all right that leads us to our last topic here and that is um talking about the td ameritrade conference that john and i just got back from uh down in orlando um wasn't very sunny it was kind of no. wet and cold it was not <laughs> warm either it was disappointing the weather was but uh but the conference was great oh, was. and one of the people we got to listen to was governor mitt romney Mm-hmm. Um, we also got to hear all the Fox News people, yeah. um, Sugar Ray Williams Leonard. and Sugar Ray Leonard was there mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> you know, a whole bunch of the, the Fox News, they had their whole, uh, Brett Bear, Brett Bear and, and his, uh, show yeah. basically he did from down there, which is pretty interesting to say the least. But I'm just focusing in on, on Governor Mitt Romney, you know, I think it's interesting. I mean, the question was, everybody's, you know, mine, is he going to run in 2016? Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, he, he kind of put that to bed, didn't he? He kind of said, no, no. he's not going to run in 2016. <laughs> um, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But, um, you know, it's interesting. This uh, this is an article that uh, came off of RIA Biz, which is Registered Investment Advisory. It's a professional, you know, publication. And, uh, you know, the, the <clears throat> one of the editors here says, you know, the TD Ameritrade Conference may have changed the course of world history. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, because with Chris Christie in a world of political hurt and Rand Paul looking for like more like Dan Quayle, <laughs> Mitt Romney would be by far the party's best chance of beating Hillary. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what he lacks is confidence, you know, belief and desire. Uh, but then there's the unusual confusion over whether he believes that he should say what he believes or whether he should say what Rush Limbaugh wants him to say. Um, but this uh, reporter here seems to think he may have found a better vision of himself uh, that is less lost in an audience of financial advisors like he talked to this week, us guys, and um, that he was vastly buoyed by finding an audience of smart people who'd like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And that's true. You know, I mean, he was very well received. Yes. People loved him in that audience because he's, you know, a business-minded guy and we're business-minded people. And uh, so he was very well liked and he did seem to take some energy from that, you know. And so, I mean, who knows? Maybe that does spur him to run in, in 2016. I doubt it. I mean, he seemed pretty confident that. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that, that's a tough. That's a tough gig. It really is. It really is. You know, but um, you know, whenever he stepped on the stage at the TD Ameritrade conference last week, I mean, before the crowd, mostly uh, male, white, you know, financial advisors. I mean, his, his face lit up. Um, you know, he seemed to uh, his personality seemed to to really you know kind of light up the room. Mm-hmm. There. So I mean, I think he really did take well. To the audience there, yeah, and you know, though he is uh, you know, most famous, unfortunately, for losing the presidential race, and has done little in its aftermath. aftermath Romney remains perhaps the most respected and electable Republican uh, in, in America. And with that, you know, the crowd was curious to see if Romney would run again. And as we said, he he said no. But um, you know, he was um, really down to earth, um, and um, you know, I was very impressed with. He was very calm. Uh, I saw a different side of him that I, I saw during the uh, presidential piece of it. So he was very enjoyable to uh, to listen to. It was it was fun. It really was, you know. And he went through an entire list of what's wrong with the current economy and the current administration's policies and things that are not being addressed. And I thought it was very interesting. There were three thousand attendees there. It was a huge conference, the biggest conference I've ever seen by far. Mm-hmm. It's the same room, in fact, there at the Hyatt Regency down in Orlando, where they had uh, several debates mm-hmm. um, during the presidential election. And um, you know, and most of his views were straight out of the GOP hymnal, as they're saying here. But um, you know, there were some things that were a little bit of surprising. But his laid back style, he really delivered. Um, you know, a lot of attacks on the current handling of poverty and education and businesses and all the regulations and everything that um, we can relate to. Yeah, sure. And and one of the things he talked about, which was interesting, is climate change. And he says it's a Democrat issue, but he believes that it's an issue for both parties. And if you think global warming is just in America, it's not just America. There needs to be a global understanding and a real global effect, um, you know, an effort associated with this because he showed some stats and you know, China is one one of the biggest um, polluters out there. So it's he he thinks it's a big issue, and it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't really you know weigh on that real heavily, but he did say you know for somebody that believes so ardently that uh, climate change is a big issue, um, the, the the current administration is doing nothing about it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, because it's a global issue, and mm-hmm. they haven't cut any deals with China and the real polluters that are that are really gonna you know dominate that issue going forward. Um, you know, he employed some of the same down-to-earth demeanor that was kind of the, the highlighted in the the mid the recently re- released documentary chrono, uh, chronologically chrono, chronically. Anyway. Yeah, that was it. You know, his <laughs> unsuccessful bid for the White House. Um, but he was very serious and straightforward whenever he talked about the problems that here at home and abroad. Um, he looked at the challenges we face and 
Um, you know, when he looks across the world, we've made almost no progress on any of those challenges going forward. And that was really his, but one of his biggest regrets mm-hmm. I thought was interesting was that he felt like he should have courted Hispanic voters more ardently. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, that was, that was interesting. He said basically the president outspent him, uh, 10 to one in the Spanish media. And he was portrayed as someone that was going to take away some of the health care and, and not be uh, a supporter of him. And he said that was one of the tipping points and could have changed the election if they would have done a better job in that area. And that's where he thinks the Republicans really need to do that going forward. You know, in 2016 and 2014 this year, the Republicans need to need to deal with the immigration issue, mm-hmm. get that off the table, yeah, communicate. show that they're not, you know, the mean folks that are going to send back 11 million, you know, illegal immigrants, you know, and settle that issue once and for all. So that's not something that can be just beat over the head with time and time again. And we don't lose the Hispanic vote that's because right. we've been unfair. Republicans and conservatives have been unfairly uh, characterized in the media about that. Um, so, you know, he had a lot of other things to say. I think it was very, very interesting. He was very articulate and really laid out, you know, a lot of the big problems, you know, with education, which is one of his pet peeves and how the teachers unions are driving the issue here, um, you know, for education. Mm-hmm. And uh, so very interesting topic. Yeah, anyway. he, he did well. All right. That brings up to a close this week's edition of Money MD with John and Steve. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We would love to hear from you. You can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. Or give us a call, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Stay tuned for Doug Allen, Spirit of Racing, coming right up. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. We'll be right back.